This is the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast, episode number 208. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. I am your host, as always, Bruce Irving, here with you for another episode of the Smart Pizza Marketing Show, the show where we bring you what's happening in the pizza world and what's working today. I know I really say something different every intro, uh, but I always do it right off the cuff. Don't write any of this stuff down. I'm just kind of going with the flow here. We do that on the podcast here. We also bring you a live show over on Facebook, a blog over on smartpizzamarketing.com. We have our mastermind group. We have our digital agency for you. We do webinars. We really try to, on the show here, this show and everything that we produce, try to help you figure out what's working when it comes to marketing, hiring, training, anything that it does, anything that it really takes to run a successful pizzeria. We want to gather that information and produce content based on that for you to consume, whether that be in the podcast. We're doing a lot of videos now over on our YouTube channel. We're doing a little bit of behind the scenes of what happens here on the podcast. That's actually something that I would love you for, to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you're listening to this, you obviously like our content. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel. There we're going to bring you shorter versions of this show and also a little behind the scenes of what we do here. Client calls, the ones that we can show you, client meetings, uh, the mastermind calls, the pre-interviews, behind the scenes of what goes on before and after the interviews, uh, and also what we do here at the agency, the, the the tutorials and all that stuff that we do for our clients and for ourselves, we're going to show you over on video, over on YouTube, so go subscribe to that. I'm excited for my show today. My guest is Joe from Gusto Pizza Company. They have four locations, and they're gonna. Joe came on the show. It was a pretty long episode, but there was really, really valuable information about the struggles and the insights as to how it goes growing a pizza franchise. It's not necessarily a franchise, but there's three partners, and they have four locations, and they're going through the same exact things that someone with one location and one owner goes through. How do you find employees? Who does what? How do you make sure that the systems are the same so that no matter what store you're at or who's making that order, everything is completely exactly the same? We go into all of how they do that, the struggles that they're having, the successes that they had, the thought process that goes into all of that. I think this is a really good episode if you're looking to grow your business. If you're looking to expand two, three, four, five locations, this episode is going to be a great episode for some insights from an owner who's actually doing that right now. Before we get into that episode, I have to say thank you to this show sponsor, the sponsor for this particular episode of the show, Our Town America. Susan from Our Town is back, and she has a special for you. You know what Our Town does? It helps you locate new movers who move into your area. So that way, when you spend money on mailings, it's going exactly to the people who don't know who you are because they just moved into your neighborhood. And they have a special. If you call Susan or email her by December 31st, not only do you get free setup because you're part of the Smart Pizza Marketing community and that's involved with that, but you also get $100 off your first month of mailings from Our Town and Susan. So email Susan at OurTown.net. Check out her new mover program. We've had many people have success with this program. A lot of people want to check it out, and now is your chance to check it out. If you haven't yet or you've been thinking about it and you haven't pulled the trigger, now is the time because she's not only giving you a great deal with the free setup because you listen to this podcast right here, she's also giving you $100 off your first mailing, which is a fantastic deal. So Susan at OurTown.net. You can go find her over at OurTownAmerica.com and reach her at Susan at OurTown.net and make sure you're to- you tell her 
You heard her on the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. Okay. So thank you, Susan, for sponsoring this episode of the show. Much appreciated. Guys, check out the sponsors who sponsor this show and make this show possible. We only bring you sponsors that we believe in and that we trust to give you a really good, valuable product. So go check them out. Even if it's just an email saying, hey, I just want some information, please do that. Let them know you heard them on the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. Okay, that is enough from us. Let's get into today's episode of the show with Joe from Gusto Pizza Company. Hey guys, welcome back to the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. Excited for my guest today. His name is Joe McConville from Gusto Pizza Company, co-owner. And we're going to talk a little pizza, a little business, and, and whatever, wherever the show takes us. That's kind of how we run the podcast here. Wherever it goes, it goes. So Joe, thanks, man, for joining me. I appreciate it. I know you're busy, so thank you so much for taking the time out and joining me on the podcast. Yeah, Bruce, thanks for inviting us on. Uh, listen, listen for a while, so glad to be part of it. Thanks, man. So uh, I always like to hear the story of how people got started in the, either the restaurant space or in pizza in general. So give us the background story of Gusto and yourself and how you got into it. Uh, me personally, I started, uh, you know, I, I worked in, in restaurants through college, like a lot of people do. Right. Um, found out that uh, as much as I enjoyed computer science and math as a major, uh, I didn't really want to do it long term. Um, so I kind of came home one winter and said, oh, I'm not going to do it anymore. My parents were like, well, what are you going to do? <laughs> uh, so I ended up rolling in a, we got a local culinary school here in Des Moines. Uh, called Iowa Culinary Institute. They do a pretty good job. Um, went up there, uh, went around. I got some jobs at some country clubs, some finer restaurants. Um, and then I had kind of got to the point in my life where uh, I was running a, a busy kind of a higher end sports bar in town, um, like a small local chain, really liked it. My two of my friends, Josh Holderness and Tony Lemo were getting ready to open a pizza place. And they're like, Hey, and I had worked as Tony's chef. He's got like a high end Italian place. Yeah. And he said, Hey, we want you. I'm like, no, nah, I'm really happy where I'm at. And they'd run into him. No, nah, I'm really happy where I'm at. And then I got not happy where I was. And so, uh, we went into it. That would have been around 2009, 2010 is when we really started to, to put, put the, uh, pedal to the metal and move forward. We opened our first location 2011, January, um, only three months behind schedule, but, uh, <laughs> everybody at the restaurant, restaurant knows yeah. that business, right? Yeah. That's actually pretty good. Uh, yeah. And, uh, so we did that. And then 2013, we opened our second location. We opened a third and 15. Um, and we just opened a fourth in the last year, uh, here all in the Des Moines area market. Um, and uh, yeah, we've got a little mobile unit too that we use for festivals, graduations, weddings, stuff like that too. So, so in the course of four, four or five years, you've opened up four locations. About seven total, basically. Yeah, six, seven. Oh so. wow! So you guys are moving quick. Yeah, yeah, we're moving pretty fast. Was that the goal all along, or was it just that you opened the first one and it was like, you know what, I think we can open another one? The the the, the demand was there and you found a place or like, what was the thinking behind going to where you are now? It was, it was kind of the goal. Yeah. Um, but again, you can't really, you know, you can have that in the back of your mind. The first one is, you know, you got to build your identity, right? Yeah. Cause you're not, you're not anything. Um, we had Tony, my business partner had had a smaller type of a slice restaurant, pizza, pizza joint uh, near one of the colleges. Um, and he was looking to move it and expand it. And that's kind of where we came in. 
So we had a little bit of a framework, but it's completely different from where we are now and even where we were within the first year. Really? So that was really the main goal is like, let's get, let's find out who we are. Right. And let's find out who our customer is, you know, cause you like to sit there and go, we're going to open it and everybody's going to come in the door and then we're just going to all love our pizza. <laughs> uh, that is rarely the case. Um, but we, we were fortunate enough that we had enough business, um, and enough, honestly, enough staff, enough quality staff that a lot has allowed us to grow where we're at now. What style of pizza do you serve? So it's a thinner crust. Um, it's not really a cracker crust. Um, and it's just, it's, I don't know if you want to call it California style or, or whatnot, but it's, we kind of started with more of traditional flavors, traditional Italian flavors, not just red sauce, but 11 years ago, uh, we had like 10 signature pizzas. Um, and now we've got anything from, you know, somebody looked at us the other day, they go, you only have two red sauce pizzas on your menu. We're like, well, we can make whatever you want with those <laughs> red sauces, but here's the ones that we put names on. Um, I mean, we've got, you know, anything from a Marsala cream to a Thai peanut, which kind of everybody's doing that with the Buffalo and the barbecue now. Um, but like anytime we can find inspiration and flavor in something else and kind of deconstruct it and then reconstruct it back on a pizza, that's kind of what we're looking to do. We do sandwiches, salads, and we've got um, pizza or wine and beer as well. Um, it's ordered to counter and it's kind of a mixed service. So... You order the counter, we bring it out to you. We'll bust tables, though. So we'll still get your refills if you want it. Most people just get up and get their own. Yeah. But and we're checking on you throughout the meal, so there is a, a level of service, but uh, it's not a, it's not full service at all. Okay. And so you have two other partners. Are they so who's in charge of what? Because I know sometimes when you work with partners, they can be if you're similar, it could be tough. Like, does everybody have their own department in which they're the best at and focus on? We, yeah, kind of, um, the more we've grown, the more it's started to get back into gray. When we first started, Josh was, uh, he's just a master in the front of the house, you know, yep. he's the guy who you send out to a pissed off table and then they walk away, giving you a good review and telling everybody how, how great <laughs> it was. He's just, he's so good at that. Uh, Tony's like a really good face man. Like he just knows everybody in town. We're all from here, yep. but he just yeah, got everybody's related to him. It seems like. Uh, but I mean, he just knows everybody and he's so good. He's that guy that you walk in, you know, you eat there and, and he, you feel like he's your best friend yeah. just cause you eat at his restaurant. He's so good at it. Um, because he does care and he does want to be, he wants that relationship, you know? Yep. And then I was in the back. Um, I used to be one of those grumpy line cooks. Um, <laughs> I'm much happier now most of the time, but, uh, so that was kind of where we started. But the good thing is, we've all done everything in a restaurant. Um, Tony's a very good chef. Josh is very good in the kitchen. Uh, I've run front of the house. I've run general manager and, you know, 400 seat restaurants. So we've all kind of have everything from, you know, 70 seat fine dining to push it out, to get them out. And so even though we cut, we'll take the lead on those areas, but we're very good at getting everybody's um, feedback. Uh, and then the, the nice part about having two partners instead of one is there's a tie break, right? <laughs> yeah. So at first, you know, you, you get through all this, you know, the first year, everybody's passionate about everything. No, it's got to be this way. No, we're going to name it after my grandma. No, we're going to name it after your grandma. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then uh, after a while, you finally figure out like, okay, you tell your side, I'll tell my side, see what the other guy thinks. 
you know, see it, see where there's room to convince people. And then if you get to the point, you don't get emotional or angry about it. You just say, okay, well, let's vote about it. You know, yeah. there's three of us. You obviously you're on one side. I'm on the other side. Look to the other guy. And it's, it's been pretty good because we, we have known each other long enough and we've kind of dealt with a lot um, with each other in a lot of different situations that now for the most part, we're, we're pretty, we're pretty good all the time. I mean, there's always issues that come up, but yeah, we're much course. older and wiser about it. <laughs> and Less- do, you guys, do you guys have like your own home base that you usually at one shop more than the other and everybody's kind of there in their own spot? Or do you all just kind of co-mingle between all the shops? We all kind of co-mingle and we'll take, uh, we try to do, we've got, like I said, we've got the four. So we try to do one day in each one of actual, whether it's just doing our work out of there um, or now with staffing, a lot of it is we're actually, you know, working the lunch, getting everything set up, uh, which is good though. Cause it keeps us in touch with all of our employees and it keeps the consistency going. Um, but it just kind of, well, it, it honestly, it's just on, you know, one month, somebody's good and they don't need anybody. And then the next month they need you three days, you know? Yeah. And so we try to be as flexible as we can while not getting, I mean, we want to work in our business, but you still got to be able to see it from above too. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes if you get, if you're working in it, you get so worked in it that you don't really see what else is going on around it. Yeah. So we're trying, you know, every day it's just trying to find that balance between, you know, what the priority is, but like, you know, you talk to plenty of restaurant people and everybody listening, you know, you, you walk into to, to the day with one through 10 for your priority list and one through 10 becomes 11 through 20 pretty quick, <laughs> That's right. you know? And so it's, it's one of those ones where, uh, you just adapt and you take it on as it needs to. And you, you try to forecast as much as you can without writing everything in stone, because what you plan next week is not as well executed as it was this week, you know? Yeah. What's, what's changed for you. So going from one or two to four, what's, is what's changed the most for you? And I don't want to say in your day-to-day operations, but like for you or for the owners or for the, what you need to do or get accomplished in the business, is it just, forexed or is it totally different i would almost say it's exponential to tell you the truth and i feel like somebody told me that and i didn't believe him i'm like oh you know I, you don't work any you know and it's and then you kind of get into it you're like oh god they were right <laughs> you uh, don't want to tell them they were right either yeah you don't want to tell them they're right <laughs> uh but it's one of those where um you know it it was much, with one obviously it's much simpler especially how we were structured josh in the front i'm in the back Tony's there to step in wherever he needs to step in. Right. Uh, when we had two, it was easy because I was at one, Josh was at the other. And then, you know, we would meet once or twice a week, like sit down and make sure everything was, was, was consistent. Right. Um, if he had back house questions, I'd walk him through it. And if I had front, I'd, you know, we'd help each other to improve. And, um, and then when we got three, we finally were like, okay, we're ready for three. It happened. We kind of pulled ourselves out of the general manager, like the day-to-day management of any one store. Uh, we had enough really good young management that we could do that and bring people up that had started. Um, out of all of our managers, one of them was hired from outside. And that's a guy that I go way back with who is just rock star, you know? Uh, but other than that, they all started as dishwashers. They all started as, as something. So they allowed us to grow. And then three, we finally started to get our grip on three. And then we're like, okay, four, the goal of four was to try to test the market. Right. So now instead of, I mean, you're still doing the stuff 
you're still beer, building the beer list. We switch our menu a couple times a year. So you're still constantly doing that, the logistical stuff. But then you start looking at, you know, um, you look a little more fine tooth comb between your purchasing and you start work, you, you come up to that next level and, and you kind of separate from, you know, I got to make this guy a sandwich too. I got to make sure everybody's consistent. I got to make sure, you know, this may be great at this location, but how do I get all three of them to do it the same, the best to the three's ability. Right. Um, and so that was kind of a, a learning curve. And then we thought, well, with four, we've got three figured out and we can't be in all those at once. So four should be a little easier and it's just not. And you look at everything and you're like, well, this will be, you know, this is where we'll be weak because the daytime population is low here. So we'll have better dinners or it's high here. So we'll have better lunches. And so you, you try to guess everything you can and you, and then, and then it's like, Oh, these look the exact same, but this one does twice the lunch, but half the dinner is the other one. And that's kind of been the hardest part is it's easy, not easy. It's not easy, but like running one store or one or two in one or two neighborhoods, you can kind of feel the vibe. And then you kind of think, well, this is only five miles away and the demographics are the same and we think it's all the same. And then you open them and you're like, well, they're not right. And they're trying to figure out and then sit there and go, well, we're bigger now. So I can get more, you know, just for an example, I get more out of my dollar for a marketing. If I do, you know, something on a higher level, I can get more bang for my buck, but is it, but am I missing impact in two of my four neighborhoods? And so that's kind of been the hardest part is it feels like it's exponential because all those little, not only do you have all those little problems that pop up, a cooler goes bad, people don't show up, right. um, just go out, whatever that is, that's times four. But now you have even more problems on the top level that, that you never really thought were an issue. So it's four, yeah. you think four is the hump? Like once you, once you figure out the fourth location, then you can kind of expand quickly after that or is it what number was it for you guys because obviously it sounds like it's the fourth location for you that's like you know what we kind of got three figured out we they run pretty good but the fourth one is like where we have to figure out top line and operations together yeah and i for us it is because that's just kind of where we hit our mark of oh wow we you know we the differences between one and two were I mean the ones downtown right so it's got high high volume during the day high volume at night it just it just goes right the the one way out in the western suburb is uh, really good at dinner and then their lunches are hit or miss but we expected that so going into it we adjusted you know our startup costs we adjusted the size we adjusted all that stuff to make to make a difference for that um, as you go to the third one same thing you're like okay this should be the same but then it's it's different. So you have to adjust when, then when you go into the fourth one for us, we were expecting it like, well, if it's not like this one, and if it's not like this one, and it's not like this one, then it, then we'll be able to adjust it. You, you thought you had every scenario figured out. Yeah, whatever that I, one was. I got, you I got one that's just all the time busy. Right. I got one that's only, <laughs> that's like super busy at lunch and they do okay dinners. I got one that's super busy at dinners. They do okay lunches. And then we pop one right in the middle in like a shopping center area. All right. Well, this is going to be great. And, and uh, we're like, and we'll, you know, we'll start it with low budget stuff because we're able to do that and it's going to be great. And now it's like, you know, what's going on? And it's just a whole nother level of, 
you know, one week you're doing crazy numbers. And then, and so instead of having a steady, you know, a stabilizer, like the other two ones, like the, the one that you got the lunch, we'll just call lunch and dinner, right? Mm -hmm. You got one that's always busy at lunch. Well, that stabilizes you. So your fluctuations at night aren't as bad. You got your one that's a dinner one that stabilizes you. So your fluctuations at lunch are, they're not as hard to, to overcome. And then this one, it's like week to week, but you're, you're busy all day and all night. And then you're not, and yeah. then you're, busy. and so you're sitting there thinking, well, everything on paper looked the same. What the heck is going on? Well, this is hard too, because for staffing, staffing's already hard enough as it is to find qualified employees or people that want to do the job without having to worry about, oh man, now we're going to be overstaffed because we don't know if it's going to be busy or slow or understaffed because it's surprisingly busy. So that's extra stressful. Yeah. And, you know, it, you know, talk about being ridiculous and complaining about a low unemployment rate, but um, I think, you know, we're in Iowa, we're less than two and a half, I think, percent unemployment right now. Uh, a lot of our standards, and we've always been pretty proud of what we do. We've got a really good mix of high school students, mm -hmm. which is nice um, because it adds to more of that neighborhood feel. But a lot of times, you know, their options are dishwasher or work at a grocery store. So if you actually let them go touch the floor, because like I said, you know, they don't need to be fully trained servers. They just need to have a smile and some soft skills and be willing to talk to people and ask them how things were. And if it wasn't good, figure out how to make a writer come get one of us. Right. And so we've been able to empower these high school kids and people are kind of surprised because they're like, well, why do they, how do they work so great? I'm like, because we're not sticking them and telling them to load a grocery bag. I mean, these, you know, kitchens are fun. Restaurants are fun. And, and when you give them a little more responsibility and it's just not, Hey, you're going to be stuck on dish or you're going to be stuck busting tables. And you look at them and say, Hey, if you can show, you can do this, you can work to the next level. So that's helped us a little bit that the mixed service has helped us because we don't need to staff, you know, a full, a full service staff. Right. Um, but, uh, but um, you know, some of the the minimal requirements you know it's like okay i can see you're breathing so can you work tomorrow <laughs> at five <laughs> you, know? you know it's and, and i mean i you know and it's just how do you keep recruiting people you know nobody around here is paying anything close to minimum wage right um, which is good i mean that's good and we we've ne we've always paid higher than minimum wage but even when you're trying to get a 15 dollar an hour dishwasher it's crazy. You know, they, they go away, you know, and, or it's amazing. I've never had as many people that we, and we have a, we have a pretty good reputation in town. Um, people know us. We, we, we are, we are very good with our employees. Like I said, all of our management staff was hired from within. Our retention is awesome. Um, I think the least tenured manager that we have has worked for us for three years. Wow two and a half years, something like that. Um, and so we, I, th I like to think that shows that we teach, we treat our, our management, and our staff. Well, you know, we have kids who they'll work all the way through high school. They come back from college. You know, I've got guys who are 23 that started when they were 15 and they still come back or now they work a full-time job and they'll still want to work one night a week. And so I'd like to think that we teach our, treat our kids pretty well. And you get these guys, they come in, they fill an application, you hire them, then they just don't even show up. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, here and there you'd have it, but I'm talking like every week, every location, 
it's something that you're dealing with. And it's so like, that's your full-time job now is recruiting and hiring and training and uh, interviewing people because you're, and you're not the only one that says that. Trust me. There's yeah. a, every single person I talk to, whether they're on the show or behind the scenes, just someone asking me a question or someone we do work with. That's the, this it's the same thing, the same scenario you just laid out over uh, across the country. People have filled an application. It's like you get 10 people to fill out the application all right, you set some interviews, five of them uh, show up for the interview. So five don't even show up for the interview, even though you, you already scheduled it. And then maybe you hire those five and two will show up to work. So out of 10 people you talk to, two will actually come to work. Yeah, yeah. But it's, you know, and it's, it's uh, you know, there's a lot of different solutions, I'm sure, for it. But um, for now, you just, what do you do? You know, you pick up the mop, you show up a half an hour early. Yeah leave a little bit later and, and then you just that's the, the that's you gotta take the good and the bad of owning a restaurant right i mean i've had plenty of times where see you guys i'm going off for a week i'm going off for you know whatever and now it's just it's time you got to get back to it and you know do do i want i, I want to be growing my business i love working in it but you know that's where you're at you just got to pick up the mop you got to pick up the broom and yeah i think everybody wants that like uh, Everybody, because you start a business, you're in the restaurant space, you obviously like doing it, but I think you want the option to work in it when you like, you don't want to have to work in your business because, you know, you can't find employees or this or that. There's a difference between yeah. having to and wanting to. Exactly. And, and there's, you know, and, and we, you know, when it's good, you, you go in, you work a shift, that's fine. Yeah. But then it's like, all right, slow down. See you guys later. You know, I'm going to go. And it's not that where it's like, oh, I'm going back to the golf course because that wasn't happening. But we, you know we were constantly allowed to, to grow the business. That's how you get four locations. Exactly. Four locations. We, uh, the three of us own a bar too here in town. Um, and, uh, and that was our goal. Like, well, maybe we can pick up another bar or maybe we can kind of diversify around here. Or if we can prove the concept here in town in the, in the area we live in, then maybe we can move to Omaha, Kansas city, uh, you know, find some of the, the, you know, some of the, you know, mid range towns around here and, and put one in there, put one in there and, and really continue to grow the business, you know, making that move from restaurant owner to business owner. It, it's two different businesses, you know, yeah. running a restaurant is a business running the business of the restaurants is, does that make sense? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like running all that upper level corporate stuff, that, you know, we never, ever wanted to be, right? Well, I'm not. <laughs> well, because once you have four locations, I'm sure you have over 100 employees between all four locations. So, yeah, we do. There's uh, all that up other stuff that goes along with all of that. Once you yeah. get, rather than just like making sure you have enough dough made. Like that's basic stuff. Now you're worried about other things. Yeah, exactly. It's, there's just a lot more and a lot less tangible things, right? Yeah. Like, when I'm working a shift in the restaurant or I'm managing a restaurant, it's this needs to be done. This obviously needs to be done. The order needs to be done. The, and you're working, you take as much, it's a lot more strategic. It's a lot more theoretical almost like, well, what if we did this? Well, I don't know. You know, how do you test it without killing yourself? Or in the back, you know, when you're in the kitchen, you're like, well, what if we did the pizza like this? I don't know. Make it. Right. Oh, great. Let's put that on the menu next time, you know? <laughs> you know, uh, what if we put a restaurant here? I don't know. Let's go get a bunch of money, spend a bunch of time. <laughs> you know, it's not like you just, you can't, it's not as easy to flip and turn around. You stuff. Could, yeah, because you could just say, all right, that pizza didn't sell, but we're not doing that again. Didn't really cost you that much other than time. 
Yeah, exactly. You put a restaurant in the wrong spot and you invest all that money and time and energy and then you're in trouble. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Do you do online ordering? Is that something you guys do? Um, we do it. Uh, we're trying to get it. We use a third party delivery system um, and we're getting it to where we can use their interface through ours. Who do you use um, for that? Our, what's that? Who do you use for that? It's called Food Dudes Delivery, and I don't think they're national. I think they're more so regional. Local. Okay. Well, that's um, interesting. So what are they, like a, a delivery company that delivers food locally? Yeah. So they're trying and to so compete with, like, Uber Eats or the national ones. Yeah, and they were here first because they were, you know, they started in, like, Fargo and Omaha and the mid, you know, whereas Uber's like, we're going to Chicago. We're going to – Right. They, they started with our level, and so they were here a year and a half before Uber. Wow. And um, – or Uber Eats anyway. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and we built a good relationship with them, and they've got some things that they do from a customer service standpoint that we prefer um, over Uber. But uh, but yeah, no, that that's what we're doing. Our POS system we use now, we're transitioning into a different one, um, or we're getting ready to find to finalize one and transition transition into it. Uh, it. It's a great. The one we have now is a great. POS for pizzas and it was kind of the first one we landed on it's called Heartland it, again I think it's kind of a smaller yeah yeah I've heard of them, yep. it's one of the ones we they do they're big on like credit card processing and payroll stuff yep but when we first opened they were like oh we're we just bought up this POS and it's great and we we're like man this is perfect for everything we do um and then they just are letting it go it's not making them enough money so we have to find a new one who are you hopefully- thinking about going to uh, from what I've heard is Rebels probably the best one we've looked at. Um, it's the one our accountants like the best anyway, but, uh, cause of the integration with the back office stuff, yep. huge for us, especially since we're hopping from store to store or we'll be in one store that'll allow us to, to, to dial in. Cause ours doesn't have, ours doesn't allow us to dial in right now. Ah. Um, and so, you know, it's like, when's this happening? Oh, 2012. When's this happening? 2014. And, you know, <laughs> Just kind of, you know how it is. You just let it go and let it go and let it go. But uh, yeah, I think some people but, make the mistake too when they do the POS. Like if you, I think you have to look at what you're doing in your business because Revel's great because you don't do your own deliveries, right? So if you did yeah. your own deliveries, and that may not be the best platform for you with four locations. And if you had, you know, 10 delivery drivers in each location, Revel's not the best at managing delivery drivers. But yeah. since you don't do that, it's perfect for you. Yeah. And, and that, you know, it's ours has this, they, they call it the pizza matrix. Are you familiar with that? A little bit. I've heard of it. So it's, you know, like I said, it's the first one they showed us were like, and we'd all, we'd always worked with like squirrel and Mater D and all that stuff at our other places. So we are familiar with other POS systems, but we work with this one. We're like, man, this is, it just, it's amazing how well it works for our business and allows us to do it. And so when we, we, we've been shopping stuff, uh, the store we just opened does not have the Heartland system. And when we were looking at everything, they, they, we brought them in, they did a day or two and they're like, all right, we can make all this stuff happen. And they, and they just, they've not been good with what we needed. It's everything takes an extra three steps and you know how it is. It's, I mean, speed, you know, get it done. The and, cu- yeah. The customers nowadays, they want least friction possible. You want to be yeah. able to, you know, not slow them down. They want to get in yeah. and get out. And it's, and it's, it's sometimes hard to find things. And, but with the pizza matrix, it's 
the idea, especially with ours, because we have a lot of signature pizzas, which you figure with how much everybody's doing it, there'd be more out there. But basically it says, you know, if I got eight different toppings on there, it'll allow people to substitute or switch toppings without increasing the price right. or lowering the price. It lets you manage that. And it's amazing how many systems don't have that functionality. Huh. It is. And we just thought like, well, this is pizza, right? Pizza is a huge business. Surely, you know, surely this will do it. And then even the people who are like, oh, we can do that. And they'll come up with a demo and they'll show it to us. And we're like, that's not at all what we're talking about. <laughs> and I, you know what it is? I think well, I was just talking about this to somebody earlier. A lot of the developers of these systems are developers, right? They're computer guys. Yeah. They're not restaurant people or it never worked in a pizza place. And I think maybe if they had their developer go work and take orders, like not even make pizza, but take the orders yeah, and talk to actual customers, it would make their system so much better because they would understand that communication between the customer and the person taking the order. And like they'd know what the system needs in a week. Yeah. Well, and their and their logic and mapping, they're not mapping the buttons we see, right? They're not mapping, you know, signature pizzas, which size. They're mapping zeros and ones. Right. You know, they're mapping code, and it's a it's it's like if you're gonna you're gonna write a song in Spanish versus writing in English, you know, your melody is gonna be completely different. Right. You know, yeah. and 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 so it's it's one of those where it's like, I feel like, and my mom's done some of that stuff where where. Uh, like project manager stuff where that was her job was basically to take what the, the customer wanted and take and, and make the, make the, the, the programmers understand like, no, like you're seeing this from the backside. You need to see what it looks like when, when you need to understand how they do it. Right. And she, it's, it's just not, and that's why it costs. That's why, that's why it costs so much money, I guess. Right. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, so. So what are you guys doing for marketing? Like, what do you feel like the best marketing channel for restaurants? What do you guys spend your time and energy on focus for marketing wise? We've done a little bit of everything. So um, a lot of our marketing, you know, we've done TV, uh, radio. The the hardest part for us, and I'm sure a lot of people say it because of the people that I talk to in the industry say the same thing is it's so hard to gauge what works, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, a good write-up in the paper is probably better than anything you can pay for, and you and you'll see an instant impact of that, and you, and you'll see uh, you'll see uh, you know, oh, I got written up in the register. Get ready, we're going to be busy this weekend. Right, and in our area anyway, that's how it works. Like that, that is still the the best. Um, you know, word of mouth is always going to win over everything, um, just because it's somebody you trust. It's an active user telling someone that they trust um the radio i feel like the radio some of the radio we've done um with some of the talk show stuff i feel works a little bit better because it's it's kind of a next a secondary level of that yep because if you know like some of the sports talk shows we'll do uh like a specific a specific segment on them right and but what they're good is you don't just get that when they talk about going out to eat they'll drop your name or another one of the restaurants that they, you know, or when they talk about getting their car, they're really good at kind of dropping those as anecdotally. Right. Yeah. And so it's a secondary level of mouth of word of mouth because you have a certain relationship with that person on the other side of, of that radio that is complete. That's, it's just a, you know, you may never have met them, 
but you you know them because they let you into their window and you listen to them and, and you build a re- relationship with them. So right, that's right. like a secondary one. So I find we find that one works pretty well, um, but you still have to find the right market, right? I mean, you, you know, you don't pitch it to somebody, although pizza is a little bit easier because it's more, it's not, as, it's not as fine point of a, of a pencil you're drawing with. Right. But, uh, everybody loves pizza. Everybody loves pizza. But uh, I mean, especially now you got gluten free. Everybody loves it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but um, we, I mean, we've done TV and th- those work, you hear back from them, but the dollar spend. So I don't know what your, your per point. Honestly, I, I feel one of the best things is, is, is like getting into the schools. You know, if you can get on the back of a, of a school program, you know, you can pay 700 bucks and they're putting out 10 to 20,000 of those things over the fall and the winter. Right. Yep. Around here, they just kind of package everything together for like the seasonal ones. And so you'll get in there. And then I, th- I think again, that's another, anytime you can build that personal connection through marketing and that's what you do. Right. Cause, and those are also, those aren't sponsorships the, the, or those aren't advertising. Those are sponsorships, right? You're supporting them, you know? you're supporting that school, you're supporting that station, you're supporting. And so anytime it feels like you're not a blatant advertisement. Yeah. And I know that's not a specific one, but anytime you find something that has a connection to somebody that I feel like those are always the best. And they're usually the best for the dollar. Now, let me ask you a question. Is it harder with four locations than one to kind of decide where you're going to spend your marketing dollars? Because maybe your budget is a little, a little bit more than just one location. And you're like, all right, we're, we have a little bit more opportunity for us. Is it harder to decide where to spend that money or is it easier because you have four locations to disperse that money? Where I think we're getting to the point where we've decided because we, we decided, Oh, that's a very good question, but we decided, Oh, we are getting bigger. So we need to step up our marketing game. Right. And we need to make it broader and we need to just kind of blanket the region and let's, instead of spending a bunch of, you know, seven fifty eight hundred 800 here, let's put that together and let's get a bigger TV buy. Right. Let's get a bigger radio buy. Not that anybody's been buying TV or radio for the last two months, but, um, but, uh, but like what we found in trying to move to that is number one, one of the things that we've always been really good at is kind of with our advertising as our personality. Um, and not that I like being the face of it, but, it helps your business when people feel again, the connection yeah, totally. when they hear my voice or they hear Tony's voice or they hear Josh's voice. And then they go in and they see you that connection is built. Right. Yep. And oh, I heard you guys on the radio and it's like, yeah. Oh, awesome. Thanks. You know, and it's completely different. And so not only are you paying more to remove yourself from that connection by upping your game, you're paying more, but now you're not making the same connection because you paid a voiceover person to do it, you know, Yeah. or you, or you paid some big budget. We used to have, um, we used to do YouTube videos because I don't know. We were <laughs> are they still, are they still on there? Yeah. You should go find some. I'm I mean, go, they're, they're absolutely ridiculous. I mean, they are, you know, we've got, so we've, I told you about our trailer. We've got a uh, mobile trailer and then we've got a big GMC van. Yep. And so it's all outrigged like the 18 van. So some of them are in the 18 van. Um, but uh, I mean, <laughs> really? yeah, yeah. I mean, we got the spoiler, we got the brush guard. So why, why did you stop doing those? Uh, honestly, it, 
it, a lot of it was a product of of the three of us working together and having extra time on our hands. Okay. You know, and we at that time we had kind of a local guy who was a friend. He does a lot of uh, he did a he was kind of the guy who pushed us into Facebook in 2010 when we were like, oh, how do you use this? To and he's like, well, watch, I'll show you. Um, and he really got us a good understanding into that realm of social media because uh, right kind of when we opened it was kind of when it really started to catch fire as far as businesses using it yeah yeah um and so he helped us and he would kind of push us to be like all right we're gonna film one of these videos and so some of them are pretty dumb some of them are pretty funny but uh but again they they were our per- they were us they were our personality um you know nothing that i couldn't show my mother or anything like that <laughs> but uh but we did a lot of it like it was a product of hey okay let's do this or let's pull out your phone and shoot this and throw it up there <laughs> And we just, again, you, you transition from, I'm, I'm a cook to a restaurant owner to a, now I have to be on the business. And now, you know, it's not a, Hey, this would be a funny idea. It's a, how do I best spend my marketing dollars? Right. Right. So do you guys, not not how do I do you guys guys just not have time to do that and collaborate with each other? That's most of the time. Plus uh, we've all had a few more kids since we started and, God, they are tiring. But <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna have to go look up those YouTube videos. I'm definitely. You should go. check them out. They're pretty good. We need to get back to them because they what, were just. When were you doing those? Is, what year was that? Uh, right around uh, late 2010, early 11, 12, 13, something like that. So that's almost like it's almost like you know how like sometimes 80s or 90s styles comes back. Yeah. So that was like early yeah. early YouTube years. Yeah. Now those and, videos, you should do the same exact videos, but do them now. We should. I think the other thing is we felt like there's been kind of a, you know, part of it was we weren't working together anymore, but we'd still always try to get together. And then the other part is, um, and I hate to, I'm not going to just point out Facebook, but like once they started going, once they started going uh, public and they started really charging for advertising and you really have to boost your post to be seen the impact of those videos wasn't as great. Right. And, you know, you get a little ego fluff when, you know, a couple hundred people check out your video or whatever it is, or you get a bunch of shares and stuff, you get a ego fluff and then you do it. And all of a sudden, like nobody's sharing it because of whatever it was, or mostly because we probably just weren't funny, but, um, <laughs> it just didn't reach you know, you just, it, like some things you just fade away from it, but yeah, yeah maybe we should go back and try try to do some of those i'm gonna look at i'm gonna definitely have to look those up i'll email you after the, when yeah. i go look those up let me know what you think too because right. you can be like man those are stupid <laughs> I'll, I'll save judgment for until i see them oh, i appreciate it so where where is gusto going where do you see the people where do you see your company going how many more locations do you want to open and is is four is four enough four is where we're at right now i mean it's only been a year almost a year and we're just we're just trying to like settle um i feel we feel like uh, our goal with the fourth one, it was to kind of test our market. And I feel like the, just the, the climate of the restaurant industry, especially where we are, uh, it sounds like it is everywhere else. The same store sales are just down basically everywhere. It seems like on average Um, it's all about what's new and what's next. We're kind of in a weird market where, uh, you know, we were small enough to where we were insulated from a lot of the chains, um, which I don't have a problem with chains. Obviously, we're one. I'd love to be a giant chain. Right. Love to have 
500 of them if I could. Right. I don't have a problem with that. So you, it's just, just, just this fine mix of now we're big enough to have chains coming in. Not only are we big enough to attract chains, but the chains have kind of run out of markets. So they have to start expanding their markets. There's a lot more mid-level chains, the the pieologies, the pie fives, right? Um, those places, you know, Blaze, and and they're kind of taking over over the world. And so it's not that I have a problem with competition, but we've just become so oversaturated in this area because of it, um, and we're not growing that much. Believe it or not, there's not a line of people to move to Des Moines. <laughs> you know, we're not turning them away, right? Uh, you know, I mean, we love it. It's a great town. And actually, the other crazy thing is we've got a lot of really good local food here yeah. that people don't know about. And it's it's funny is because we we, you know, I think our history is from that Italian restaurant steakhouse. Like that's kind of the two main, you know, those places that my grandpa and my dad would take me from the 50s when I was younger. Like those that's what it was. Right. And so you've had. You know, now, I mean, even though we're a smaller market, you have generational families that are opening restaurants that, and now their cousins are opening it. So you've got a, a, a 70 year base of these people in a smaller market who, who do go to Chicago and they do want that. And the market is, is for that. And so there's so many good places to eat that not only are you competing with a lot of really good local flavors, now you're getting a lot of higher level, not higher level chains, but you're getting a lot of the chains have upped their game too. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a bad product. The, the, the chains that are coming in, it used to be the chains would come in, they'd undercut your price, but you still had a better product. It's, right. Now it's a, it's a, the finer, the margin is much finer between quality because they're just doing a much better job on their end too. Yeah. Uh, and, and people are and cause they know people are more concerned with the product itself and not just price. So like price is obviously a factor. But back in yeah. the 80s and 90s, it was like, you know what? Pizza was a novelty delivery thing. And if it was the cheapest one, that's when we, we would order. But now people are really into what ingredients go into it and how it tastes. So they had to up their game when it came to that. Yeah. And they had the yeah. money and resources to do it. Yeah. And it's good because it's good for all of us, right? Yep. I mean, it makes us be better. It makes us continue to work harder. Um, and so for us, it's just about fake. It's just about getting back to, okay, like I said, it's exponential. So the time we needed from opening one to two was about right from two to three. We felt that it was the right time from three to four. It's like, okay, we really need to do this to test the market. Um, but to, to really know when we're ready to make the next move, we're not there. Um, you know, never say never. If somebody comes and wants to pay me millions of dollars for my concept, <laughs> make a phone call, you know, yeah. but, uh, email them. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. You know, text me, call me. Um, but for now, it's it, let's figure out the market and then let's, you know, we've already figured out how to replicate the product. We've already figured out how to replicate the restaurant. Now let's figure out how to re replicate the package, right? The market. Um, so that it, when, because if we sit there and we go, well, this isn't, you can't reproduce this or there's no really other market. We're just, you know, we do better with this many because everybody knows us. Okay. Well, then I can still put one here and I can put one here and you just kind of, pepper spray them out right. there but if it really works and then you can look and go okay now we can go to omaha and i've got five different places i can open it right, right right three or two or whatever and so our goal right now is let's figure out the market 
just like we did that first one, right? We had to figure out the culture of our restaurant. We had to figure out who we were. Well, now we have to do that on the corporate level. And what, what, if you could give someone a piece of advice, like looking to get into the business or grow, like what's one thing that you would say to them before they expanded or opened? Um, well, write everything down. And then, I mean, systems and testing the systems. If you're, if you're looking to open new ones, that's the number one thing because that's the most basic, like tangible thing you can do. Uh, the days of, well, I'll just make that sauce and, you know, on my day, that, that doesn't work, right? <laughs> right. Like, you have to figure out how to reproduce what you can do. Um, so you have to document and you have to, you have to have it written down. And that's the thing that we were most afraid of. And I think a lot of people are most, cause that's what, that's like the first level of being corporate, right? The first level of being corporate. Well, you're, yes, it is the first level of being corporate, right? Because you can't, you know, we're not cloning people yet. Uh, you know, I can't cook at five different restaurants. I can only cook at one at a time. Right. So you have to take that knowledge and, and that those procedures test the heck out of them and then, and then replicate them. And then there's sometimes, you know, where we've had things that we've done for years and they work at store one, two, and three, and you put a fourth one. And it's not that somebody's not smart. They just think differently. And so the way they read that is different. And so they've tested it a whole nother level. And now you have to something you've been doing, you know, whether it's with your breadsticks or whatever. Now, all of a sudden, why isn't yours working? Cause you're doing this, you know, well, for seven years, we never had any problems. And now, so that's just a test in the system and don't get mad about it. It's, it's easy to sit there and write people off and just say, well, you're an idiot. You don't understand our system. Right. Right. Well, that's the wrong way to handle it. Right. When you're testing that system, it's, what did I do wrong? How do I make sure that this is as clear as possible and that they're doing it exactly how I want it? Because as soon as you sit there and go, well, they know they'll, they'll understand between one and two, they'll get, they'll understand there's inference there. That's as soon as the mistake gets made. Yep. You know what they so say about the people who assume, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so that's, I think that's the biggest mistake. The, the hardest thing to do is because you don't want to be corporate. Well, that's what you're doing. If you're looking to expand. Yeah. I think or, communication too, right? Like, over communicate because over communication is never a bad thing yeah and just and like i said i was one of those angry old line cooks back there you know which just <laughs> i didn't understand why anybody would do anything differently than i than i understood it um the biggest so the other thing is ask why right and this is how you develop your systems you ask why uh you know it's great to say you know what's happening well they burn the pizzas when they do that okay well that's great you identified what but to really fix and test the system, we need to know why. And so instead of getting mad about something that doesn't work, ask them why. Hey, why why are you doing that this way? I saw somebody the other day in my store and they were doing something completely different than how it was written down. I said, you know, hey, why are you doing that? They got really defensive. I said, no, 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 that's not what, I, not what I'm asking. I said, I just need to know why. I'm not mad. I just need to know why you're doing that. Is it, did you learn that somewhere else? Because if you learn that somewhere else and it's, going to help my business then i'm going to turn around and tell my other three places to start doing it that way right, right. But I, why you're doing it that way because if it is better then i can change my systems because i have to have the consistency right because that's the whole thing about building the brand is they need to go that gusto and johnston is going to give them the same pizza that they get in gusto and walkie right and so the systems are, are key to that and and while they're building the systems is ask why and just look at everything from every single angle because the sooner you realize that not everybody processes information the same way, 
as soon as you understand that, you know, the way that you do something and it's, it's your second nature is completely opposite to what somebody else's second nature. And you can take three other people and they would all have three different second natures. Right. Yep. The sooner you can realize that number one, it's going to drive you way less crazy because you're not going to be, walking <laughs> around, you know, thinking either you're insane or everybody's dumb or you're the idiot, you know? Um, and it helps you, it helps you troubleshoot all those, all those processes. Yeah. That's a good point there. I love your ask why, and then don't assume. Don't assume everybody knows. Just because you have it written down doesn't mean everybody's going to understand it the same exact way. I love that. Yeah. Um, so Gusto Pizza Company. Oh, no. Yeah, GustoPizzaCompany.com is your website. There you can link yep. up all of your uh, Instagram or your Facebook if anybody wants to go say hello or check out what you guys are doing. Uh, Joe, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day. It sounds like you got a lot going on, and for you to take an hour out of your day to join us here and share your knowledge is much appreciated. All right, so I appreciate you taking the time out and joining us on the show today. Absolutely. Um, I, I appreciate you giving us the platform to kind of show everybody. Uh, and it, it's nice to hear the the topics you talk about, because again, you got to think about how other people think about stuff, because if you just stay within what you know, you're not going to get very far. And I love that you can listen to other people's stories and, and it kind of makes you have a feeling like you're not alone. Like not that it matters that other people are going through the same thing that you're doing. Cause it doesn't really help you that much, but at least other people are going through those same things. Yeah. It's like, it's funny. Cause, uh, I, I coach some football, some grade school football. And one of our coaches said to the kids, he's like, he's like, you need to pay attention. And he's like, well, I didn't make the mistake. He's like, well, you can learn from somebody else's mistake just as well as you can learn from somebody from your own, you know, and wouldn't you rather learn from, it's a lot easier to learn from somebody else's mistake than it is to make it yourself. Exactly. That's what the whole premise of this podcast is. Yeah. So, so I appreciate my- I right, Thank you, Joe. I appreciate you taking time guys. Go check out gusto pizza for all that information. We'll link it all up in the show notes as well. Joe, thanks again. Thanks Bruce. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast episode today. Thank you to Joe for joining me and sharing all that information. If you missed anything, if you're at the gym or you're in the car or you're in the shop working, we take all the show notes for you. All you have to do is head over to smartpizzamarketing.com, and we uh, have the notes somewhere in there for you. Just type in Gusto Pizza Company. This is episode number 208, so you can go search for that there. And if you need some help in your marketing, let us help you with your marketing. If you have one really busy store or multiple locations, we want to help you grow your business even bigger Head over to smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash zip. We do all your marketing for you. Digitally, Google ads, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, all that good stuff. Email marketing. We do it all for you. We have hundreds of clients across the country. We're working with really some great results. And if you want some information, smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash zip. We only work with one pizzeria per zip code, though, so you have to make sure yours is available before we even can talk. You can find out more information at that URL, smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash zip. One last time. And if you are a more hands-on type of person, you should check out all of the information we have available over at our website, our blog, our YouTube channel, the podcast right here. If you're just really looking to grow, go subscribe to our Facebook page. Go follow us on Instagram. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel. You've already subscribed to the podcast and you've gotten this far on the show. Go subscribe to those other channels because we bring you a ton of valuable information from Uh, people who are really doing some really good things in our industry and experts from outside looking in. And we bring all that content for you with the video, the podcast, the written word, whichever you prefer to consume information on. We try to uh, accommodate you. Well, not so much written word. We don't do a ton of blog posts. I'm going to be honest with you. That's not something that we love doing over here. But 
we're going to start doing something like that, possibly. But don't hold me to that. But definitely video and definitely audio because that's what we love to do. Uh, all that you can find over at smartpizzamarketing.com. Like I said in the beginning, if you want to follow me on Instagram, shoot me a direct message. I really absolutely love hearing from you guys who listen to the show. And you, if you have a question or a comment about an episode or a suggestion, I really love the feedback. I love letting you, you letting me know you listen to the show. Maybe something you learned from the show or reaching out to the guest and saying thanks. All of that is amazing, and I appreciate every single one of you who do that. And if you want to do that, you're listening to this right now. Bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com is my email. At Smart Pizza Marketing is me on Instagram and on Facebook. And if you're a Twitter kind of person, I'm at Irving Media. That's that. Guys, have a great week. If you're listening to this live, have a good holiday. Hopefully you have a good Thanksgiving and a good Christmas. And we'll see you on the next episode of the show.